Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Selena Davey, who's doing some really great things in property right now. So we're going to be talking to her about her property investment journey and maybe it can inspire you to get started and maybe get moving further on your property journey. But before we get into the interview, make sure you like, subscribe and hit that notification bell so you don't miss future episodes. But Selena, thanks for joining us. Thank you. So, um... Just tell us a little bit about your background before property. So what were you doing and what was life like? Um, what was, were you in a normal career? What were you up to? I was actually in the NHS. Oh, wow, okay. So 22 years in total. So it's not a flyby career. Um, and I basically moved from Sheffield after doing my degree to Leeds and worked there in haematology, uh, then in HMDS, looking at malignancies. Right, so haematology, what is that? It's looking at your blood cells, right. uh, your red blood cells, white blood cells, platelets, that type of thing. So, And then um, you mentioned another word in H- HMDS. HMDS, what's that? Uh, Haematological Malignancies Diagnostic Service. So it's a, a place in Leeds that set up quite a few years ago, about 30 years ago. And basically, it looked into malignancies right. uh, and then merged part of haematology in with histology, looking at lymph nodes and how the disease progress. Oh, cool. That so sounds really like interesting and exciting. It is. It's and I loved it. Really, so really did love it. You did it. that 22 years? I did that 22 years. And yes. during, during that 22 years, did you do any property? Were you interested in property? or? I always loved doing property. Bought my first house, told my mum when I got home after I'd done it. She was a little bit gobsmacked. Uh, <laughs> and it was, you know, it's mine, let's take it to pieces. So, so just your own home? Yeah. yeah, yeah. so that's how I started N- out. Never did buy to let? No, right. no and then nothing like that. The career? Loved the career? Loved, yeah, loved the career. Um, couldn't imagine not doing that. Bought the house that I'm in now. Because um, I sold mine, including all the furniture and fittings and the ones of the whole shebang by the time I finished. Um, and I went into the nurse's accommodation, stay there till my house was built, because it was a brand new one. And I thought, fabulous, I can move into it, everything done. Uh-uh. <laughs> so, on the day that doesn't exist, I bought the house on the 17th of October, which was my 30th birthday. Right. And then the 29th of February, the day that doesn't exist, I got rushed into hospital. Now, um, I actually was there six months and I was paralysed from the chest downwards. I got numerous things. I had VATS procedures, cavitating lesions in lungs. Uh, They couldn't work out what was wrong. Then I got pneumonia and when I woke up from the pneumonia, I'd had oxygen deprivation to my eyes. So what happened was I was rushed to the eye clinic. They cut all beneath the eyes to get the fluid out because it had really nipped all the blood vessels in my eyes like little sausages. So we've no idea to this day what happened. Wow. I'm just a teaching thing. So six months uh, in hospital? Six months in hospital. And came then? Home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, eight weeks at home, straight back to work. 
can't really do nothing. It's not in my nature. So I went back to work uh, and then I ended up getting a promotion and going to work in Sheffield as a senior biomedical scientist. Right. And worked there for about four years. Unfortunately, during that time, I had to have some spinal surgery just because of the nature of the transverse myelitis. So it's, I describe it as a piece of elastic. So you stretch it for a continuum period of time when you let go it doesn't go back it's wiggly and that's what my spine is and that's what prolapsed is so so um i had surgery at the top of my spine unfortunately i can't have it at the bottom now so um which is a concern to me because i'm getting shorter every time i lose a vert uh, disc so <laughs> and i'm five foot like i said so it's not a good thing uh, <laughs> So then just before lockdown, the year before, I had an heart attack. So after that, I went back to work and we went into lockdown. And I'd already got with my husband a bite-to-let at that point. Right. We'd done it as a bit of a security for later life. Yep. You know, a cheap one that just trungles along type of thing. Um, but I'd also set up Cells Houses Limited in the background in case anything did happen to me at work. Right. Because I wasn't expecting a heart attack. Well, no one did. Nobody does, yeah. No, no. I did, I did actually tell the ambulance to slow down though and turn the lights off because they were going to wake the neighbours up because it was five o'clock in the morning. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so that was set up in the background. I'd been down here, I'd actually come to Katie's course, which was the deal packaging. Yep. Um, and it was like an introduction into a bit like multiple streams, I think, but it wasn't like multiple streams is now. Yeah. Because it's a lot more detailed, a lot more packed, full of all sorts. But I loved it. And because I loved doing things with houses and dressing them up and part of the scientist falls in because I want everything perfect. You know, and I want unusual things around the house. People don't think they'll match. Then people love it, and I enjoy doing it. Win-win. Thought, well, I love my science. I've been a biomedical scientist. Now, shall we try going into houses? Yeah. So that's sort of where we started. Um, and then, like I say, uh, just before lockdown, I'd been on to your course. Yep. I'd done, uh, I think it was a week similar to multiple streams, four days. Yeah, no money down, yeah. Yeah, yeah. type of thing. And then I signed up to do your course, and basically, as we finished the course, all the costas had closed down on the train stations. Right. So it was like a ghost time turn going home. Um, so that was quite an experience, and that was really where I started off, and then because nothing was open, we were on lockdown. I remember calling you and saying, oh, things haven't gone to plan. I ended up losing um, my stepfather, which has been more like a father to me, um, uh, which wasn't an expert. It, it wasn't a nice time, and it took me longer than I expected to actually get over it. Mm. Um, so, yes, it, it was touch and go at times with that, but then... I called yourself, and I, I wasn't looking for any sympathy. I just was like, I need to get on. I need to do something. So that's when we started. And then, as you know, we were doing the podcast, everything else. I'd been writing letters to landlords. I'd been writing letters to people. I got quite a good, good response, although not bought a property or anything like that at that time. But 
I sort of understand more of the numbers than normal because of the science background, I think. Yep. And I look for trends, things that are happening quite frequently. So that sort of helps, I think, with the property side of it. Um, and then while we're on a Zoom meeting, I then met my current partner, Ruth. which is Ruth, yes. Yep. And unfortunately, she can't be here today. Um, she's train decorating in Bradford. <laughs> Doing up a house. Yes. yes. So yes. You, you and Ruth, obviously, I, I talk a lot about um, meeting like-minded people, working together, uh, but bringing different skill sets. So yes. both yourself and Ruth were, you're, what, Ruth lives in Bradford? Yes. You're in Leeds yeah. and you were separately kind of trying to do it alone but struggling. Yes. Once you started to work together, when was that? About 12 uh, months ago? No, oh. it was only probably March. Oh, March this year. March so this March, year. So we're now in October. So yes. Yeah. What's that, nine months, eight, yeah. nine months? Yeah. So what, what have you been doing in the last nine months? All sorts. So <laughs> it started off, um, we're on the Zoom meeting. Ruth had problems getting the landlords to speak to her in Bradford. She got an appointment with this one landlord that had got um, two houses. And if you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. It was great because they're next door to each other. You don't have to go far. Yep. Love that idea. So I went with her and we spoke to him I tend to write the contracts and things like that for the partnership, um, just because that's my background. Working yeah. in a lab, you've got to have strict results, you know, and protocols to follow. So I tend to do all that. We got the um, contracts up and going, took them to the landlord, was back and forward a few times. So it's not a one-off, so to hand mm. him a signature, and that's away you go. Um, but I also didn't risk, I didn't realise how much they are at risk. Because although I know what I'm doing is right, yeah. someone that hasn't got a clue yeah. could come in and absolutely wreck the place. Exactly, yeah. So and I you've didn't got to build realize, that rapport and yeah, understanding. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Because I'm thinking, oh, well, what's their problem? We're replacing the kitchen, yeah. bathroom, you know, they're getting all sorts and getting paid for it. Mm. And then all of a sudden the penny started dropping that. Yeah, what happens if we haven't plumbed it in right and it falls through the floor? Yeah. You know, things like that. Mm. So it was that was a big learning curve in itself. That's what we always say is step into the shoes of the other person and if you can solve their problem and yeah. make them feel comfortable, you'll do more deals. Yes, yeah. So, so having signed those two, um, he then turned around and told us he'd got 10 more properties if we were interested. Oh, wow. Okay. So... <laughs> At the moment, we're only just finishing the refurb though, so we haven't yeah. got any further. 
but it's also been quite a few twists and turns because as I was outside doing the house up, and it's not all been good news, we had someone that walked away with all his money um, that we'd paid. So it's, Builder. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's never, you know, you can hear me on here saying everything's great and dandy, but there is bad Challenges, times as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, that, that's one of the reasons I want to bring somebody like you on the podcast, because a lot of people, they say, they think maybe that property investing is somebody that already had family in property or experience in property or had an easy life and property is was simple for them and it's just a straight upward curve but you've had every challenge in the world in terms of your health um you know having to change career uh, uh, taking on properties and having a builder not do what he was supposed to do uh, and this part of life so hearing the true side of property often in the podcast is really important so that people know that it's there is challenges there mm. but let me ask you a question on all those challenges has it been worth it is it enjoyable would you do it all again if you could start over yeah I think, well, to be honest with you, I think it makes a person. If I had no challenges, and then 10 years down the line, I had to be faced with all these problems, what would I do? Mm. I wouldn't have the knowledge to get out of it and could end up losing everything. Yeah. Whereas now I see it as, we've had a bad day. Let's go to bed, Ruth. Tomorrow I'll give you a ring when I wake up, and it's another day. Let's start again. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's one of those things. Mm. If you were going to give up at the first hurdle, property is not really for you. For you. Neither is it a fast book. Yeah. So, but it is enjoyable. And you meet some fabulous people. You really do. So, and I mean, I probably shouldn't say this, but I've got a refugee living with us. And he is one of the best people you could ever meet. He couldn't, I was wallpapering, he was sat down outside of me. And anything I ask him, he would do for me. And a lot of the others in the house are the same, mm. but I never take the mickey out of them. Because I asked him to move, because I got an Indian couple wanting to move in. He got a big double bedroom, so I put it in there, so he got a nice, nice, you know, room to move round. And he moved for me, and my heart broke because he got five carrier bags. Oh, wow. So I was just so surprised, because as a student, I had more than that. Yeah. And I didn't come from a wealthy family. So it was, I was gobsmacked. So he sat at the side of me and I said, oh, did you get those forms I pushed under? Because I wanted, to, you know, next of kin, what do I do if this happens? What do I, and he put contact numbers and he sat there and was like, I've got no one in this country. And I said, can I put down you? And I was like, tears again. And it just, some things like that, you can't put money on. Mm. And they are lovely experiences to think back mm. at. See, a lot so, of people um, landlord bash, but at the same time, um, landlords can help people in a lot of ways and support people in a lot of ways. So what, what would you say to anyone who's listening to this who think all landlords are bad and um, they, you know, landlords are just there to make money? What's, what would you say to them? No. There is people out there that do do that, yeah. but I wouldn't go down that road. Because I was talking to someone the other day and I said, the thing is, when you do something bad or scheming to hurt someone who are you hurting really because mm. i'm not happy doing that so why do it mm. you know it's i'd rather help someone granted like i say we fell with some hurdles i mean we've had mental health issues with tenants um we've had one whereby we are the landlord had a leak for quite a few years so gone through the joists the house was 
full of cockroaches. We had to, this is why it took us so long. Um, we had uh, experts out to come and debug it. I hit a rat with a shovel. Uh, <laughs> you hit a rat with a shovel? shovel yeah. A live one? Yes. It wasn't <laughs> when I hit it, though. <laughs> I then thought I got a cockroach running up my leg and fell through the roof. So, well, the actually, joys one. of property investing. <laughs> Fell through the roof, one leg. He reported me then to the police that I'd... The cockroach? No, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was in someone else's form, though. Uh, yeah, so the tenant then complained uh, to the police, saying I'd put an all in his roof. And I was like, I fell through it. And then I was absolutely shattered one day. And I fell down the stairs because I was carrying plaster. And I'd just cleared the stairs of plaster. As builders don't do clearing up, so, you know, you give them a sweeping brush, they think they've got to snap it off and use it to tickle somewhere with. So I fell down the stairs and he ran out of the door. And I says, what are you doing? He says, all the dust you've made falling down the stairs. I didn't want it on me. Oh Not, Not are, you you. Are, yeah, no, <laughs> are you all right? Even if you didn't mean it, it would have been nice. But yeah, but these are funny stories. You know, and like I say, that's what makes you a landlord or a landlord. So how many, so, the, the landlord has given you the two properties and you've got potentially 10 more. How many, you've got two of them so far? I've got two of them so far. Yeah. Um, we, whilst I have been there doing yeah. them up though, another landlord, it's a little bit like EastEnders because yeah. they're, they're quite... They know each other? Yes. Yeah. Are these all rent-to-rents? Yes. Yeah, so you've yeah. got to, for anyone who doesn't know well, what rent-to-rent is, you rent a property off a landlord for guaranteed rent, and then you rent it out to tenants for a profit. You do a bit of a refurb, but you get your refurb money back from the rental income within the first few months and cash flow the deal. So, yeah. so this landlord knows another landlord. Yes. How many has he got? Well, he's got another five, but the house that I want is literally at the bottom of the street. Right. So you've got to go past two houses and then you're there and it's looking at you. But it's a nine bed. Right. Now, it's, it's quite a greedy landlord. There's all sorts with him. <laughs> and if you profile him, you actually can sort of guess how much he wants for the property and why he wants it. If you're watching this, Mr. Landlord, why do you want so much? <laughs> Uh, but yes, he does, he does. He wants a lot of things that, and what he did to me was I wanted to buy that property. Right. Because the business plan that I'd set up pre-seeing him and things mm. between Ruth and I, were the fact our cash flow was going to be the rent-to-rent -rent HMOs. Yeah. That one would be an asset so that we could actually lend against that if we needed to. And also the fact that I want to go into single lets eventually as well. Right. But hence the cash flow was the first thing. So that was part of sort of the deal. Yeah. Um, and then I put an offer in. He'd been calling me at home. And I mean, these phone calls were an hour long that he was just talking what I got to do, be on top of economics, uh, do this, make sure you've got your numbers. I mean, he was literally working out pence per unit on a gas and electricity machine when they paid enough or not enough for that room. Right. Over 12 months. <laughs> so he was a corker. Um, well, he still is. And basically, I put an offer in and he phoned me and said, oh, yeah, I know it's on for 300, but 310 and make it secure. If you could go up any higher, that'd be even better. And I'm like, put the phone down. Yeah, you know what he wants, don't you? Plenty of money. Um, and he's wanting to retire. Now, 
the thing is with these, they haven't got anyone that's going to be able to take it Either over. Yeah. That's the main thing. That's why it's such a good time to do it, really. Yeah. How important is building that rapport with landlords in terms of getting the deals rather than just coming in and making an offer? Yeah, that's why that is the best thing. That's what you've got to do. It's something I didn't realise. And mm. I, I know you mentioned it on the course, but you mentioned a lot of things where until yeah. it happens... You don't realise how important think, it yeah, is. Yeah, and the penny suddenly just drops. Mm. Because him himself, I was outside loading hippo bags and things like that because I always get stuck in. Because I've done it myself in my own house, yeah. I know what to look for. I know what rotten beans are. I know how they're going to fix it. You know, it's just one of those things. You can't plaster on top of plasterboard, which we've had, and things like that. And just loose wires, basically. Um, but anyway, in doing that, he come and asked me if I wanted to buy the house, and that's where it all started from, because I'd never met him at all. Um, then, obviously, I accepted my offer. Then I went to send in my passport ID, and I'd spoke to you about stacking the deal up. Mm. And then I'd run and took it to Ruth, and then because we've got everything all over in one of the rooms, it's somewhere in that room, and I found it the other week. And, and um, I phoned the estate agent up, got my passport and everything in. Has he not told you he's taking someone else's offer? So basically, this other man had promised that he could get it through in four weeks because this is what he wanted. So eight weeks have now gone past. And he's now onto the valuation of the property for the mortgage he's going to get. So I get a knock on the door again, and guess who it is? And it's my little friend. Mm. So, and I mean, to be honest with you, he is, he, uh, I think he does want to help me as well. Yeah. Because while I was making furniture up and things like that, he was sat on the chair in another, in the property I'm at, talking to me about his property and what he did when he moved in. Mm. Oh, how he got it. So you'll, you, you will get that in the end. Yes. Because the other deal will fall apart, you'll get it, and there'll be others there available as well. It's about that staying in touch with people is the key. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think you'd have done as much as you've done had you not met Ruth and been working with somebody else? Don't know. Honest answer, but don't think so. Do you bring, so what's the different skill sets that you both bring? Complete opposites. Um, I really mean opposites. For example, even down to the colour of her skin, She's black, I'm white. We laugh about that. Complete opposites. She's actually very religious. I was brought up Catholic. Not I just, as religious. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. I think religion has its place. I think yeah. it creates communities. We're not running about hitting each other up with a club on the top of the head type of thing. So um, she, like she says, I cross my fingers, she prays. You know, <laughs> cross all bases, we've done it. So <laughs> we're going to get something. Um, yeah, she's never done anything in houses, she doesn't know how to paint. Although the other day she did phone me and she said, Sel, um, that carpenter's come. I said, yes. She says, you're not going to like it. He's not done it like you showed me. <sighs> when I got there, I didn't like it. She was right. <laughs> it was a rubbish job. So, so she's learning so yeah. fast. That's good. It's really, really good. Although she doesn't like interior design neither. And she doesn't like the contracts. So at the moment, I like to fiddle about with them, 
you know, put headers and footers on them. I've got one contract that leads on to another contract and they're all filed away in contracts yeah. and SHL as opposed to together we led, which is why I came up with that because we were so opposite. Yeah, so what, what skill Complex. sets does she bring? She, <laughs> stability for me, to be honest, because right. I fly about yeah. 100 miles an hour if I can. So she gets you and back focused. And she's grounded. Yeah, she grounds me. If I can't be there, she's there. And even though I say we're completely different, which we are, if we've got a project going, she'll do things that I don't know about. Yeah. And I'll do things she doesn't know. But they've both got to be done. But never do we cross and do each other's stuff. And I just don't know how we do it. But it just really, it works. really works. Yeah. Do you, your, your career, let's go back to when you were in your career and obviously you had the health issues with your eyes mm. and stuff. Have you had to fully give up that career? Yes. Yeah. yeah and that, yeah. was that due to the sight? Yeah. So when when was that? Uh, that was 2019. Right, so what, three years ago? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. What, what would you say to anybody who's in a career, loves their career, and thinks that maybe it could last forever, but you never know about health and what could happen? What would you say to them about having that B plan like you have in your property to, to have something to fall back on? Even in the property world, though, in a new career, you've got to have an exit. Mm. If you don't have an exit, there's no point starting because you don't know. Yeah, you might not get what you want out of a business or your plan or whatever. But if you don't have that end point to get to, how do you know you've got it and how are you going to get out of it? Because I know the, the problem I've got at the moment is what you said in the first place. You work on your business, not in it. And I'm very in it at the moment. Yeah. And it's drawn me in. I've not realised as much. Till this week, would phone me up. He wants something called PVA, and I'm like, on that desk, bottom shelf, behind the uh, black bin liners. But you know where everything is. But you've got to work at the start of any business. You've got to work hard enough to not have to work hard, I guess. Yes. And you, yeah. So you've got to go yeah. in it to get it up and running, and then systemize. So the key is the next stage, I guess, is the systemizing of that business, so you yeah. can pull yourself back out again. Yeah. And Ruth will help you with that. Oh yeah, yeah. she's really good with that. Um, the, for the, um, when you gave up your career, had you not had property to focus on and take your energy and your time and your um, commitment and drive and stuff, where, do you think that, do you, what other road would you have gone down and what do you think you'd be doing now if you hadn't found property? I don't know. I'd have probably done something because... I mean, when I started university, like I said, I didn't come, I came from a council estate in Doncaster. You know, we didn't have a penny uh, for tea. You had a toasting fork over a fire and a slice of bread or a crumpet type of thing. It, you didn't have steak and chips. But it doesn't do anyone any harm. And when I went to university, I set up a taxi business, because I could see then. And I wasn't actually diabetic then. I was just in the pre-startings of it. And the taxi business then hit off and paid for quite a lot whilst I was in university. So I think I would have always done something. And then, and I do strange things that make sense at the time. For example, you remember when Marathon went to Snickers? Yeah. I ate a bar of chocolate, saved the wrapper for some unknown reason. Um, and then when I was ill, 
and I was off work. I sold it on eBay for £250 without the chocolate bar. <laughs> wow, that's brilliant. <laughs> so it, little things that I do like that, and I don't realise I'm doing it, to be fair. Um, but then again, you see, that's where Ruth comes into plan, because she pulls me back to go on a straight line rather than branching off and doing Everywhere. other things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you so, think anybody can do property? I think you could learn. If you're willing to learn, then yes. But if you're not willing to learn, especially from other people, mm. like I say, I remember you saying things that I've mentioned and when I've done something, I think, God, I don't tell him because it's not what he said you've got to do. <laughs> <laughs> but you've already listened and took that on board and you've yeah. got that voice in the back of your head. If you don't have that, I think I'd have made a hell of a lot more mm. mistakes. And even though you'd expect Ruth to be the more forgiving and understanding, the complete opposite way around. So she will lay down the law and she'll say no. And that's the bit that I sometimes struggle with because I always see the good in everyone. Mm. I struggle with the bad. So, but she can literally, again, be control your, it. Be your and conscience. Say, yes, yes. Yeah. It's like having Ruth sat on my shoulder even when she's not there. I mean, we phone each other every day, let alone like this week, we'll have not seen each other for a couple of days. But last night I told her about what went off yesterday. She gave me a list of things to say. Uh, I haven't said them yet. But <laughs> and then she's staying down there with the painter and decorator. Yeah. You know, it's, it is a good relationship that I never thought I would have. It's um, strange. Great. Uh, so I'm really excited to look at what's going to happen in the next few years with your journey. Um, you've got moving, you're getting your first couple of deals up and running, um, hopefully the next 10 from the same landlord. So that alone, what would that do for you and Ruth financially if you got 10, 12 deals off one landlord? Basically, we wouldn't need to work for quite a while, even if we just lived off the income of that. But Ruth wants to enjoy the money and I understand where she's coming from. She's got a daughter and she said, I'm not giving, leaving it to her. The best gift I could do is learn her how to make the money. Herself, yeah. And she is right. Yeah. But I'd never thought, you said this is what I mean, I'd never thought of it that way before. So it's quite nice, but I don't think I could stop, even if I got loads of money. Love it too much now. Yeah, I love the Brilliant. So, so thank you, Selena, for coming on the show. I'm really excited to watch your, yours and Ruth's journey over the next few months, getting some more of those deals on board. Um, I know the audience is going to absolutely love this because hearing a story uh, from somebody who's had a lot of challenges, um, not been able to, some people want to quit their job, but for you, not being actually able to do a job you loved as well and changing into something. So for me personally, getting to know you the last couple of years, um, you've inspired me as much as inspiring other people that I know, people like Ruth and people around you, just by being able to do what you do, having gone through that many challenges with your health. So um, well done on everything you've done. Really excited for what lays ahead in the future for you. What I'll probably do in the future is get you back on here, maybe with Ruth, and we can see where you're at on your journey in the future. I'm sure the audience would love to hear from Ruth as well, hear her side of the story. But for now, you've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. I've been Kevin McDonald. She's been Selena Davey. Ruth is somewhere in Bradford. And I'll see you next week.